You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Welcome to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. This is episode 105. I'm Autumn, and today Jesper has the recording session off. And I have with me a very special guest instead, author and entrepreneur Brian Cohen. Whoa, welcome to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, Brian. Thank you, Autumn. I appreciate you having me. We <laughs> we had some nice technical difficulties figuring <laughs> yes. this out, but I'm I'm so glad we were able to make it work. Well, it's always nice working with someone who's probably I mean, you do live webinars and all these other things. So I have a feeling you can roll with the technical difficulties very well. I wasn't worried. But hey, that's the nice thing is is with modern technology, there's always a workaround. There's at least like three or four. So we figured it out and you're here and I'm so excited for you to join us today. So I know you through these amazing AFS ad challenges you run, but I'd of course heard of you, your name way before the AMS ad challenges because you were known as like a guru of book blurbs. But I know that's not even close to everything you've done. So if you could introduce yourself, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Sure, of course. Well, um, of late, the, the big thing that I, I've been doing is I run these free courses that we, we talk about them as challenges, these free challenges um, about Amazon advertising, one of the, the, the strangest, weirdest little advertising platforms <laughs> in authordom. And um, it's our goal to try to just make it simpler, but, but also try to make them uh, not spend all of your money. And those are the <laughs> five-day Amazon ad profit challenges, and and I've been running them, and I have a really good team behind them, and, and it's a lot of fun, but um, originally, I would say some people might know me from my podcast, The Sell More Book Show. Yes. Some people might know me from uh, the author copywriting agency I run, Best Page Forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we write book descriptions and ad copy. And I'm an author myself, having written multiple young adult sci-fi fantasy. Woo-hoo. Depends on uh, <laughs> it depends on where you're placing superheroes. Amazon has a category on both sides. Oh, so that's who even funny. <laughs> so is it like more techy? So it, it ends up in the sci-fi side, or if it's more magic, it's on the fantasy side, or is that? But mine has both. So who oh, even hey, knows? <laughs> um, that's excellent. But um, but yeah, so I. I I'm not currently writing fantasy, but I, I have been in the state of M writing fantasy uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in, in the past. So hopefully I still qualify. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, just for your expertise alone, I think it's fantastic. I, like I said, I've done at least two or three of your AMS ad challenges and I learn something new every single time. They're amazing. And so it's great to have you on here. But yeah, you you get some of the fantasy mindset and the world building and the powers and making rules so that people, you know, aren't 
going crazy and can do anything and they're a god and that just makes it so less tense and fun. Yes, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. It was hard to choose even a focus other than I know, you know, I know you through AMS ad challenges, but you help authors so much with marketing and I mean, market from the book blurbs to the AMS ads, where, when authors market books with all your experience and all the people you've helped, what do you think is the number one thing authors do wrong when they're trying to get their book out there in the world? Well, I think it has to start with, with the foundation of the book. The, Mm -hmm. the, I don't know who invented it, but uh, I'll, I'll borrow it and not take credit (laughs) for it. Okay. But, um, writing the book with the marketing in mind mm-hmm. is so key when I, the first, I think I remember it being like conceptualized for me when a few years ago, when Adam Croft, uh, a very successful mystery and thriller author, yes, he talked, started talking about writing the hook, the, the, uh, the first line of the book description, the thing that could be used on ads, the mm-hmm. copy, as some people call it, to write that before the book. Okay. And I just thought, well, how smart is that? Because <laughs> if you don't even have a good hook, if you don't even have something that would get people excited about it, chances are you're going to have a hard time getting people excited about <laughs> your book. So I loved the idea of writing that that big one-liner even before mm-hmm. the book and and i've heard of some people writing the book description mm-hmm. for a book before they write the book and i think that that is a thing that a lot of people get wrong is they write the book and then they do all the marketing stuff after but really you might want to start by doing some of the marketing work first to make sure you're writing a book that you're going to put so much effort into that that there will actually be people who are interested in right i should say woo because i i definitely one of those people who i do write um little descriptions before i start writing and then i refer back to it because that's it's one thing to come up with an idea and develop it with a description or a hook but then you have to make sure you actually pay attention to it. Not you're like halfway through the novel and go, oh, that's not even close to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It kind of it's it should guide you, not be this uh, exercise that you put aside and don't even think about until you're done, and then you realize you're completely off the rails. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I was working with a friend of mine who uh, was trying to write to market and trend. Mm-hmm. It was a, a paranormal cozy mystery. And she sent over the the book description and I read it and I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, I don't think this is paranormal cozy, at least not the way the book description's written. Oh, And I I check in with her. You definitely want to write in this genre, right? And she says, yes. And I said, all right, well, let me connect you with someone who writes a lot of paranormal cozy and she can give you opinions on what would need to change. And certain like setting pieces and character motivations and tropes as they Mm. are often referred to 
changing those in that early stage of the game uh-huh. has now made her a huge, like, on the edge of five-figure author oh per month <laughs> success. And it start, and obviously, I'm not taking credit for that either. I'm <laughs> saying she she has written now 13 books in that series. Oh my goodness! But um, when you take a minute, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> share it with some experts, share it with some people in that early, early stage, it could be worth a lot of money, but it could also just be worth like helping you to write the book you were meant to write anyway. That's true. Or even just drawing out some of the, the tidbits or like the tropes, like you mentioned, like, well, did you consider this? This is popular right now, or that's been overdone. Mm -hmm. So stay away from it. It could save you Mm -hmm. months of writing to write something that you could have gone a different way. And it might've been a little bit better. I have to admit, I recently did read uh, Chris Fox's book, uh, right to market. And we had him on the podcast, but of course we didn't, we talked about Kickstarter and not his right to market books, but it's wonderful. Kickstarters have been pretty cool, but yeah. Awesome. But I do really appreciate the idea. I think a lot of authors, you know, they hear that right to market and they think, oh, you know, you're, you're taking away the, the, the fun of it, the innovation of it, but it's not really that. It's sort of looking at it from a business perspective saying, I'm going to spend this many months of my life and probably give up some things like family time so I can do this. And I want to invest that wisely with something that I really would like to do well, at least as well as the best chance it has. Yeah. I have an analogy that might help those people. Oh, that would be lovely. So I used to do improv comedy. Anyone who's ever been to an improv comedy show, you know that they often take suggestions from the audience mm-hmm. and like a word or I've, I've been to a show where they use uh, a, a title of a musical or they use a news story that they have to read out loud and then they, they will take that inspiration and they will use that to inspire them for a scene. Now, you might think you get some weird suggestion. <laughs> of course, people are always trying to use potty words, whatever. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, at least drinking on a Friday, Saturday. Right, right, okay. <laughs> Set um, the, setting the, the idea there, exactly, okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you've got this word that you think, oh, this might constrain me. But I have seen words and concepts and titles and news stories inspire incredible things even though you might think that word or that concept would constrain you it it's really what you do with it what you do within that framework that is where the creative process happens i mean uh shakespeare's plays Mm -hmm. were nearly all adaptations and they have stood the test of time even though they weren't his original idea. He took these concepts, these other plays, these stories, these pieces of history, Mm -hmm. and within that framework, created something we're still talking about 400 plus years later. That's a great analogy. And that really does bring it home. I agree with you. I had never considered it in terms of Shakespeare. And 
I only have this complete work sitting on my bookshelf, and I've read most of them, so that's As kind of amazing. I. I do love me the bard. Oh, yes. I, yeah, we, that's a whole different conversation, but that is fantastic. We can talk about that in the M. Shakespeare podcast. Oh, excellent. I will see you there as soon as we find it. <laughs> okay, great. Send me the link. So that's wonderful, and that kind of develops, too. So obviously... I mean, I already know you, you like to, you're so good at writing blurbs. Uh, You even teach in the AMS ads challenges. You teach a little bit of blurb writing and how to hone them and refine them. And I have to admit, so it's nice to hear that you, you you think that they should be part of like the original story development. It leads so much into your marketing and that's where you grow it. You've seen probably thousands of blurbs. I mean, what do you think authors get wrong the most when they're developing it? Because I love, you have a very solid strategy of saying, you know, sentence one, sentence two. I have it like Mm -hmm. copy and pasted in my Scrivener file when I'm developing my blurb. I just already have it copied there so I can look at it and develop mine. Yeah, I I really am thrilled to have you here today. (laughs) Oh, well, I am honored, but... um... I think the thing people that, that they struggle with is, is I think partly it's not getting themselves in the right mindset, in the right framework. Um, and I, you might hear some buzzing. I, I am in a hotel room. So <laughs> a fear just came on, but it is what it is. Um, when you are trying to fit in a blurb in the 30 or so minutes that you've allocated for yourself (laughs) and not realizing that this is a piece of marketing. This is a piece of poetry. Someone, Mm. whoever created Just Do It, the slogan for Nike, probably hammered on it for eight hours. I mean, (laughs) you aren't necessarily going to be able to complete something that is going to make every reader who stumbles upon it excited unless you give it the time that is needed and the space and for it to be your creative time not Mm. your well I do my writing in the morning and I do my marketing after three o'clock when I'm half falling asleep (laughs) You, you need your creative time to work on this piece of the marketing because that piece of the marketing is something that requires creativity. Yes. So you'd re- definitely recommend probably coming back a couple of times, not, you know, you're 30 minutes and you're done and never look at it again. Yes, definitely don't do that. Especially because <laughs> you don't know if you have any typos. So you oh, should, um, yeah, that's you a should good check. One. Oh, and um, share your blurb with your editor yes. when oh, you are writing idea. the book because then they will catch the mistakes that you don't catch yourself. Yes, that's a very good point. And I definitely have seen some what looked like very well-sounding blurbs online. But then, yeah, you read them and you notice, you know, sometimes it's little things, commas or periods, but sometimes it is a word wrong. You're like, oh, I can always always do a good deed and let your author know <laughs> so that they oh, yes. yeah. can figure it out. Yeah. You see something about a blurb, say something about a blurb. Yes, that's a very good idea. Well, I mean, we've mentioned the AMS ad challenges you've run. So just just in case there is an author out there who is not aware of AMS ads and what they are, could you 
give a quick description of what they are and how did you come up with doing these challenges? Oh, that's a great question. So, <laughs> um, Amazon ads, uh, AMS ads, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. um, these are the ads that you see on Amazon when you're searching for a book. When you type something into the search bar, you'll often notice there's some ads at the top, there's some ads kind of interspersed in the search results. And then there's also some ads that show up on every page, every book page. There's a carousel, you'll see a little sponsored icon when you know that uh, those, are, those are the ads. And those ads are placed by uh, publishers or other authors who uh, run through the Amazon advertising platform and they will bid what they want to spend per click. They say, I want to bid 40 cents per click. And then someone, if, if a reader clicks on the ad and then goes to check out your book page, you get charged for that click. So you would get charged 40 cents or a little bit less for someone to click onto that ad. And the goal, of course, is <laughs> to bid low enough so that you're not paying so much uh, per click, because you could bid $5. And I know people who've accidentally bid Ooh. $5 and get $5 clicks. <laughs> and uh, chances are, if your book is selling for $2.99, that is not going to be a uh, effective use the of price. your money. No. <laughs> yeah. And so if that's part of the game is bidding low enough, uh, the other part of the game is, and it goes back to the blurb, it goes to the cover, it goes to how well something has been written to market. You want to get a sale for as few number of clicks as possible because even if you're, if you're getting clicks for 10 cents, if it takes 40 clicks for someone to buy your book, well, then you're going to be paying $4 yeah. every time you sell a book. And if your book's two ninety nine, dollars 99 then <laughs> you're not going to be making that money. So you play the game of bidding as low as you can and still getting traction and making sure that your book converts with as few clicks as possible. <laughs> I like to say about six to eight clicks. Mm. I used to say 10, but now I say six to eight clicks because some books are shorter, some books are standalones and, and 10, uh, one sale for every 10 clicks sometimes isn't profitable. Right. So about six to eight, uh, especially if the book's in Kindle Unlimited, six to eight clicks per sale is a good ratio for profitability and then trying to keep that bid low. Um, so that was the, just the answer to the first question. Wow. The answer to the second question is, <laughs> Um, I, I've, I've been pretty fortunate to connect with a few people who, who have really had success, uh, running challenges. Uh, one of the first challenges I ever joined as a participant was a challenge called the simple green smoothie challenge. Oh, I like and, that. And I know. And, um, I was very fortunate to be in uh, a mastermind group, which is a, a, a group of uh, entrepreneurs or a group of uh, p 
people <laughs> trying mm -hmm. to uh, use their smarts together. So it's the master mind. And mm. um, this, this group had one of the co-founders of the Simple Green Smoothie Challenge in it. And one of the things I, her name is Jada Selner. And one of the things I learned from her was that challenge for spending $0 on marketing uh, brought in over a million people. Wow. And that's said, amazing. Well, challenges sound cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, seeing that challenge and seeing other challenges, I knew I, I really wanted to do one. And it was just a matter of trying to figure out, well, what about Amazon ads could we do a challenge about? And really, I think that the thing a lot of people struggle with is the creation of these ads. And so if we could provide as much support as possible, the right documentation, the right resources to help people get over every technical hurdle, mental hurdle, um, just like a glitch hurdle. Um, <laughs> time hurdle. Time just hurdle. Making the time for it, yes. And getting over all of those in a short period of time, I think that I thought that uh, people would, would really take to it. And we've been very fortunate that word of mouth is good. We, we do spend a lot of money on marketing our own <laughs> thing. And, uh, and now we're on our sixth one and wow. it's been over 20,000 people have taken the challenges. That's fantastic. And they are, they're a great motivational. I mean, if you, if you're tempted to do AMS ads and you just don't know where to start or you're just, you know, you can go find all this research in different places and just not take the time to synthesize it. And you just put it in front of you and you give a deadline and you have people supporting you and commenting on your stuff and, you know, helping you out. It's like, it's a whirlwind, but you get through it and you do finally, if it's, if there's some hurdle for you to start, you kind of get beyond it. The next thing you know, you're doing AMS ads and it's amazing. And it's been a month and then, you know, the next challenge comes up and you have to join that one too, because you always have something <laughs> new to learn. And it's like NaNoWriMo, you know, you, you're joining with a bunch of authors and I see a lot of faces that I, I've known you know, I've been an author since 2012. So there's a lot of other writers I know and you connect and you lose touch over time and then you reconnect and I've seen them in the challenge. So it's also been a great like, hey, how have you been doing? I haven't seen you for two years. So that's very, it's fun. It's a fun group that you do run and they're informative oh, and helpful. We, we really enjoy it. And, and I love fostering those connections. We need community more than mm. ever right now and so if i can play and my company and the people i work with can play a small role in providing some of that community we are absolutely all for it no oh, i definitely think you do and yes 2020 especially we need our community a little bit more sympathetic and a few more extra arms to support us all this year mm. so okay. with with the AMS ads, do you think, I mean, you've noticed that, you know, you're, you're the number of clicks, you've dropped it from 10 to 6 to 8. So do you think as well that there's any keywords or genres that AMS ads might be getting saturated in? Is this something you're concerned about in the future that, because I noticed like Facebook ads, I had a, a golden age and now they're a lot mm. harder to get traction on. Do you think the same thing will happen with the AMS ads? 
I think it's very uh, possible. Uh, I was at the 2019 uh, 20 Books to 50K conference and I was talking about ads and, and I mentioned that Amazon ads are underpriced right now because a lot of people can and do make profit off it. And I didn't realize at first I was hearing a noise from the crowd and they were sh people were shushing me because oh. they were like, there's Amazon ad reps in the, in the room. And I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, don't raise our prices, come on. Um, but, um, to this point, they are still underpriced and people mm. can still make money off of them. Um, I think the very, very popular genres, your, your paranormal, your contemporary romance, those are going to be more saturated. There's no question. Uh, but one of the things that currently is true here in December 2020 <laughs> is because things are always changing. But right. currently right now, because Amazon doesn't just focus on the price of your bid, but also on how relevant your book is, how similar your book is oh. to the things you're targeting. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just a carrot. I used to think that it was a ranking system and it was the first place has a $2 bid and second place has a $1.80 and third place has a $1.60. I used to think that. I think it was uh -huh. Janet Margot who, can, who, who uh, had worked with Amazon advertising and developing the platform. Uh, she was the one who I think was the first to inform me that actually you could have a 40 cent bid, 30 cent bid, and be the first in the carousel. Oh, I, said, oh, I didn't realize this. How is this possible? And it's because relevancy is such a huge factor if your book is so perfectly uh, coming of age fantasy. It's got the right cover. It's got the right title. People are clicking on it. People are buying it. The conversion rate is very good. And the conversion rate, particularly from the ads is good. It's going to be higher up in the rankings than a book that isn't as well marketed. But it's, and so right it has a now, higher bid price. So that exactly. is interesting. Right. So that's why you always want to target books that are very close to your own. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to try more is not necessarily going to be better unless you can come up with more and more very perfect targets. Okay. Well, that's, that explains a lot of the strategies even you teach of refining the keywords and finding mm -hmm. the right books to target because that's really the key to not spending a ton of money, but also getting your book seen. Yes, oh, exactly, that's... exactly. Like I said, every time I talk to you, I learn more. So this is really, that's a good tip. Now I'm already well, thinking. I, I, I aim to help. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do, definitely. Well, that's interesting. So you think, so that's good to know that, you know, AMS ads are not saturated because they are working now. And it's always important to find a way we've gone past the you don't need to market if you want your book seen you basically need to market in some way these years 2020 yes. 2021 it's that's just the reality we're in we're now you know the big book publishers are they're still out there but there's enough indie authors that we're running this as a business that we've got to consider advertising anymore 
Yeah, it, it, I, I, you were an author since 2012. I started in 2010 and it used to be easier. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. No question. I refer to those early years as the wild west where, I mean, you could just dash up a book, dash up a cover, dash up, you know, something you wrote as a blurb and people would find it and buy it. And even if you did a five, uh, Kindle KU unlimited countdown, I mean, people would download it by the thousands because there was less than a million books, but it's a little back in the day. (laughs) And thought that those books were paid. So your sales rank would be like number one afterwards. Those, those were interesting times for funny glitches to be discovered that made some people very wealthy. Yes. It was good for them. I did not get on one of those glitches, but that's okay. I'm still doing it. I still love it. And I love helping other authors as well. I mean, it's just, it's half the community. I think this is one of the nicest communities you can find online or other authors. So it's just a really wonderful place to be. I agree. I agree. So, well, do you think though Amazon is always going to be the king either for finding books or the ads? I mean, do you think there's going to be eventually maybe down the road another way for readers to discover authors i know a lot of as amazon grows and i mean you do, they don't even give away how many books they now host on their platform and on their servers it's you know yeah. people are saying eight nine million books easily what's gonna do you think it's gonna get too crowded is is there going to be something else other than amazon that readers will be able to find other authors or is it just going to be you know the really crowded beach where no one's got their little square and that's about it well we've been we've been waiting and hoping for someone to just come out of of the gate and be the next amazon and Mm. and there's definitely lots of smaller pockets of of some people who are having some success on Kobo or Apple or Barnes and Noble, but I'm most intrigued by people selling direct. Mm. And what I've, what I, I, I remember uh, Michael Scott Earl, who uh, was, uh, I believe his books were taken down from Amazon, Amazon had said that there were some rules violated. I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, Everything I consider allegedly until I see see some documentation (laughs) on it. But um, from what I hear, uh, and and he was doing very, very well, top 100, one of the top 100 authors on Amazon at the time and making a lot of money. A lot of it was from Kindle Unlimited. A lot of it was from uh, from Amazon type sources of income. But from what I hear, uh, he has used more of the crowdfunding and direct sales models based on a very, very large email list to just say, well, if Amazon won't have me, then I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And Chris, on your podcast, talking about his very successful Kickstarter. Now, I know his was with his RPG connected to his world's IP, but it's still connected. I have a student who crowdfunds his his comic books. I mean, 
there is just so much opportunity to branch into connecting more directly with the consumer. And there's so many benefits. I, I think uh, uh, Alex, uh, Pierre Alex uh, Jaunty, who has had some amazing posts on the 20 books to 50K group, mm -hmm. he's had months of 50 to $100,000 a month selling direct. Wow. That was amazing. His, I believe he, he uses a Shopify store and I could be wrong about that, but I know he does it direct. And he and, and, and Michael and, and Chris and folks who do have that more direct relationship via email, they have the ability to pivot when something doesn't work as well on Amazon. And I think there may come a reckoning in mm. 2021, 2022, if something funky happens with Kindle Unlimited or Audible or what have you, the folks who have primarily relied on Amazon who do not at the same time grow their email list and mm -hmm. their fan base, they could be in trouble. I think that it's, a really good idea to not put all your eggs in one basket and to always be growing your base of people and connecting with them. Oh, I love, I absolutely love that message personally because I'm wide and I actually do sell off my website. I mean, it's small. I have a small list and I have a, compared to these people you're referring to these other authors, but it is good. And readers, I think, have gotten very savvy. Some, I mean, a lot of readers are also authors right. a little bit, so they know what's going on. But yeah, I do have some readers who will always go to my website and buy my books directly from me, or they'll at least ask saying, what's the difference? And I just, I think that's fantastic. They understand a lot more about the marketplace than I think a lot of people realize. And that's good because mm. it is it is important that they're seeing a value in our writing and they want to support authors and have them write more books because that's the only way that they'll get more books is by supporting, you know, their favorites. So that's that's really interesting. So I did want to know. So we got into the author and writing conversation. So with everything, these you're working right now on the next challenge, which I'll have to ask you in a couple minutes uh, when that's going to happen. But first, so you're an author too. How much time do you get to write with all of these other things you're juggling? You have your own business and you have these challenges and mm. so much going on. Well, it's funny. I'm, I, I was sitting in the hotel today, um, right? My, it's funny. It's like, I've done this a few times now. And, yeah. and now my, my three-year-old daughter says, uh, let's go to your hotel. I'm like, it's not my hotel. <laughs> it's a hotel room uh, that we can walk to. But um, yeah, it's adorable. So I'm sitting here working on the slides for the upcoming challenge and I, I look at my, uh, I'm typing into a Neo 2 and, and I look, <laughs> all right, well, how much have I written today? How much have I written? And it's like 6,800 words oh, after wow. from 6 a.m. onward. <laughs> and um, I write plenty, but I have not had much <laughs> chance to 
write books of late and it's been a couple years and I, and I do miss it, but um, I think that I, I'm hoping to, to, to fit some in in 2021. I'm, I'm hoping to squeeze some in, but I also know that if I don't, I, I, it's okay because as I often am telling a lot of the people, a lot of the authors I work with, find the thing that is, is providing the most value, find the thing that is providing the most profit, whatever your goal is, find the thing that is most achieving that and then focus a lot more on that. Like if you have, you know, three readers from this series, you never finished from like five <laughs> years ago and you have three readers who keep asking, don't do the old, well, people keep asking about it. <laughs> no, not people, not my readers three readers keep asking about it and if only 20 people bought that series in total five years ago then no that is not the thing you should be working on unless it provides something else for you because you need to be working on the most important thing the one thing as the gary keller book says <laughs> you need to find the one thing and you need to focus on that because it is so easy to be pulled in a million different oh. contradictory directions. And right now, writing a book might be a fun middle of the year project for me, but <laughs> for now it's like, this is the thing that helps the most people. My, my goal in authordom is to be at the point where if, 10,000 authors emailed me on the same day needing help of all different varieties mm -hmm. that my team and I could actually handle that demand. Wow. We could support basically the entire community at scale all at the same time. And that is a goal that's going to take a long time to get. But the challenge right now is the thing that best fulfills that goal. Mm -hmm. And so everything creative, every, I mean, <laughs> I used airline points, but this hotel was not, a, uh, was not cheap. Um, anything I can do to um, help that goal, that one thing goal, that top priority goal, I'm going to do. And I think everyone listening should do the same thing. Oh, I, that is just brilliant. And I, you, just so you know, you are already doing a fantastic job because I know any question that gets asked, any question I've asked in the challenge group, you or someone from your team has gotten back to, and usually several people have gotten back to <laughs> and given tips and help and actually spent the time where I know I've been in other places and challenges and other groups where, you know, you just kind of sometimes hear crickets when you ask that hard question. And yes, you even helped me once on a perma free trying to figure out what, what bid price to put in, by the way, it worked. So thank Hooray. you for that. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. oh, it's very good. So when is this challenge you're working on? When is it going to be ready? When are you going to do your next one? Your si number six. Number six. It's nice. coming up uh, January 11th. So Monday, oh, wow. January 11th. 
and you know kicking off 2021 and as per usual it'll be five days of videos they're uh they're not all contiguous so they kind of do bleed in to the following week and there is a video zero so it really ends up being six and so just block out that whole january 11th to about the 20th and 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 that'll be a good time to to work on it and i can absolutely autumn give you the link to it absolutely people can check it out and um i'll probably put a link at sellingforauthors.com forward slash january now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> and then um yeah i i'm the more the merrier we always try to have like several dozen people at any given time just available to answer anything and everything so that we can help people at scale. Yes, I, one of my favorite things about your challenge is that it is not, it's five, you call it five days, but then you know, with the zero, it's a six, but you give a break. There's always, is it, I used to think it's usually between three and four, but you let yeah. people catch up on their homework. <laughs> Yeah. And I've had to use that for sure. And it makes it a little less stressful. You don't, you don't feel so far behind. You're like, okay, I've got the weekend. I can do this now. So that's always been wonderful. Yeah, I, I know I would want the same. So I'm glad you found it helpful. <laughs> it is. You're very, very kind to the authors you help in many ways. <laughs> oh, yes. So that's perfect because this is going out on December 29th. So just... Perfect. 12 days from when this is live it'll be time and you'll be done with it and you will not be in a hotel room <laughs> yes i'm pretty sure i'm almost That's certain okay good yes so where else uh can listeners find you other than we'll put the links in the show notes as well of course sure well uh if you like podcasts you can also listen to the sell more book show podcast we just did episode 340 oh something, I think. So congratulations. Um, going for over <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's been going for, uh, I guess, six and change years. So uh, we're happy to always keep doing that. And if you haven't listened in like a year, got a new co-host, H. Claire Taylor, who is just fantastic and uh, definitely that 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 is aside from the challenges that's a, another great place to hang out with me excellent well thank you again for the time is there anything you would like to any last words of advice you want to give to authors out there for whether they're thinking of blurbs or marketing or ams just some last bit of hope as we end 2020 as this will be like one of the last days of the year when this is released it's very, very, very likely that 2021 is going to be better than 2020. <laughs> so um, please, if you have not taken into account that 2020 was very hard, mm. if you've not taken that into account with your writing productivity and you said, I had a bad year writing, or if your sales have been down and you say, I had a bad year of sales, just give yourself a little bit of, you know, leeway, give yourself a little bit of wiggle room because it was a hard year, very, very challenging for a lot of people. And 
you should not hold yourself to the same high standards of the past when a, a generationally bad year comes mm. around. <laughs> so please, please be kind to yourself. And in 2021, uh, continue to be kind as you do everything you can to snap yourself out of any funk and hmm. go do the work you need to do to be as successful as you hope to become. That is a wonderful advice for the end of, I love that, a generationally trying year. It was, <laughs> it was a doozy. It's one we'll talk about for a long time to come. So many memes. Yes. Thank you again so much for joining us, Brian. We appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in just under two weeks in the AMS Edge Challenge. Thank you, Autumn. I'll see you there. All right. Bye. Join us next week when Jesper will be back and we'll be sharing some great book ideas that we don't think we'll ever get around to writing. But hey, maybe they will inspire you. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.